Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Success Design. I'm your host, Beth Anderson, and I'm so pleased that you could join me on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. A little about the show, I created the Success Design as a means to give people the power to design their own special life, whether it's by sharing a book I'm reading or telling a personal story or, like today's show, inviting a special guest. I want to give you the tools to succeed at your own life, and I want to give you these tools by sharing the tools that I've found. So I've had a really good response to this show, and I'm really glad that you could join me today. Um, just a little bit about me. I'm an attorney, and I also teach law at the University of Phoenix. I own Beth Anderson Productions, which produces this radio show, along with some other projects, including the Miss Tallahassee USA pageant. My website is www.bethandersonproductions.com and you can read my blog at blog.bethandersonproductions.com Now let's move on to today's show. Today's show is entitled An Etiquette Lesson and we have a very special guest. Her name is Molly Kellogg and I'll give you a little bit of information about her. She's the director of the National League of Cotillions for the Leon County Chapter which is here in Tallahassee, Florida. Molly brought the organization to the Tallahassee community in 2005 after noticing a need for training in the areas of etiquette, manners, and social graces. She has taught over 600 students through junior cotillion, pre-cotillion, premier, and debutante programs. And she's been sought out by local businesses for networking and business etiquette training and consulting services, and, and she speaks at various community organizations on a regular basis. Molly holds a bachelor's degree in public relations from the University of South Carolina, and she worked as a communications director for the Florida Department of Elder Affairs. And she was the promotions and public relations representative for Visit Florida before concentrating fully on her current role as director of the National League of Cotillions. She serves on the Junior League Tallahassee Board of Directors and donates a significant amount of her time to local nonprofits and area schools. And she speaks to youths about their potential in life and about, their, about the purpose of using good manners. And she has a quote here, which I, I know I usually begin my show with a quote, but I absolutely loved her quote. I thought it was the most uh, appropriate uh, quote for this show. Her philosophy on etiquette is summed up by a quote by Justice Clarence Thomas, which states, Good manners will open doors that the best education cannot. So welcome, Molly, and thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. It's a, a kind of blustery um, but very, very warm day in Tallahassee, so I'm spending it in the nice air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. It just started raining where I am in Tallahassee, so you may be getting that soon, too. I was noticing <laughs> that as I was talk, talking about a beautiful, uh, sun, uh, beautiful Wednesday afternoon. I was like, well, not quite. It's beautiful. Um, it's about to rain, so at least it'll cool it down a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I've enjoyed these rains every day. So Me too. I am so happy you're on my show today. I'm just getting started with the radio show, and I've had a couple of guests, and they've been really, really well received. And I tend to get the most hits from people listening to the show when I have a guest on, because um, I've done some book reviews and things like that. But but etiquette is such, I mean, it's ubiquitous in that anyone and everyone needs to know it. And I was, I was like thinking about it. I was like, I have to have you on my show because, you know, I could read from Emily Post's book. <laughs> but, 
but it wouldn't be quite as impactful as you giving real-life examples. So Absolutely. Um, again, I know I shared with you a list of questions, but we don't have to stick to those questions. Um, these are just things that I was thinking about that I would like to know, and I'm thinking well, maybe fantastic. I'll Oh, really? You like them? <laughs> no, the questions them. you gave me are great because they're so universal. Everyone can use some of this information. And concentrating on um, you know, personal and business is, is wonderful. That way they get, kind of get a cross-section of what they need to know in a very short amount of time. Right. Well, I, you know, this show is called The Success Design, and I've tried to, to have it so that both, you know, both the personal and professional parts of your life can be somehow enhanced by this show. So, um, you know, everything from going to a dinner party with your friends and maybe people you're just acquaintance with uh, and also going to a meal with your boss, those are two different things. And I thought maybe you could share some information about that. But I thought we could start with greetings and introductions because I sometimes feel awkward when I'm at a networking event or something and you see someone you know and, you know, you want to introduce them, but it's like, do you interrupt the conversation or you know, do you if if you go to a networking event on, uh, by yourself, do you just introduce yourself? What do you have any advice in that area? Absolutely, I think the most important thing is to just continue to walk up to people, put out your hand, say hello, give them a warm smile, tell them who you are, and ask them, ask them about themselves. Everyone loves to talk about themselves, and that is the easiest way to strike up a conversation, especially if you are alone. It's really easy to go to a networking event and stand in the corner and look at everyone or talk to whomever you came with. And an introduction is the easiest way to get a conversation started, and then following that up with some questions about the other person generally leads um, in a really positive direction, and you don't know how or what will come out of that conversation. And um, in Tallahassee, as you know, everyone knows each other um, by at least one or two degrees, and yeah. it's pretty easy to, to find um, connections um, at, at our networking events. And, you know, most cities are like that as well, and that's one of the best ways for you to feel comfortable very, very quickly. So, you know, having a firm handshake, making eye contact, and smiling um, always makes people feel more comfortable in that situation. And if you take the lead, people are immediately, their guard is down and they're more excited to talk and welcoming um, a conversation. If you are with someone and you are wanting to introduce them to someone else that you know, um, the kind of rule of thumb is for you to always to say the person who's most important, and I say that in quotes, um, first. You always say the most important person's name first. So mm -hmm. I always say if you are introducing um, the governor and the president to one another, not that they don't know each other, <laughs> you would always say the president's name first um, because it shows respect to that person. In the event that you don't know who the most important person is in that situation, and it always depends on your perspective, not on theirs. So even if they think they're the most important person, it's always your perspective. Um, you um, can use a couple of other rules. You always introduce the person that is older. You say their name first. Um, mm -hmm. Or if it is a woman, you say their name first. Um, oh, if it is okay. women about the same age, 
you can, you know, take take a gamble and introduce them however you'd like. Oh, that's that's really great advice. I didn't really realize you should say the woman's name first or um, what was the other example you gave? The age. The, the older age, person's the age. name. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, these are just little things that I teach my students and I teach business professionals. And people always say, well, does anybody really know that? And I, I most of the time say, well, yeah, actually most people don't know that. But you don't want it to be the one time that you're introducing someone to your boss and he know, he or she knows that rule and they don't feel respected. So just having that little tip in your back pocket and know that you're doing it correctly gives you that confidence and you don't have to worry about it. That's the beauty of all etiquette in all manners is that it gives you confidence in all and any social situations. Mm, that's awesome. So that's truly great. I think coming up to someone with, with a lot of, you know, gumption and confidence and saying, Hi, I'm Beth Anderson and it's a pleasure to meet you and, you know, things like that. It's it can be empowering, but I find sometimes if I'm in a room with people, especially a lot older than I am, I'm just like, I don't have anything for these people to, to want to hear. <laughs> That's not true at all. I think we all have such special perspectives regardless of who we are, where we come from. There's always something to be shared. And um, and if you truly do enjoy being around people, you can find that out in, the, in a matter of, you know, minutes. And you just never know where your next friendship or business associate um, or connection is going to come from. And having that confidence and using these skills can only make that better. That's true. I was at a networking event and a lunch and learn at the chamber last week, and I was sitting beside this older gentleman, and he just turned around and shook my hand and said, it seems like you do a lot, you know, as far as my uh, <laughs> being an attorney and doing the other things that I do. And he's like, you know, I'd like to help you out. And, you know, you just never know when, you know, just conversing with someone what different connections that you have. I don't know how many people, especially in Tallahassee, they know, you know, people I know. And they're like, oh, you know, I have to tell so-and-so that I saw you. And I was like, how would you even know that person? <laughs> <laughs> or a lot of people know you um, and you don't know who they are. Um, that's something that has happened, I'm sure, in what you do, um, just because you are in the public eye. And with me as well, I, pe my reputation kind of precedes me a lot of time. And people say, oh, I've heard of you. Mm -hmm. um, or, or I, oh, I saw you speak at, at, at such and such event, and that really keeps me on my toes professionally so that I make sure I always put on the best me possible when I'm in a situation outside of, you know, mostly my home, just because you just don't know who that person is and what they're going, what what they're going to think of you. Um, and everyone makes judgments, and that's, um, it's not a good or bad thing. It's just a, it's a given. And so you want to make sure that your um, best foot is put forward so everyone thinks the most positively about you. Right. And before I ever met you personally, I had heard you speak at um, the Access Tallahassee meeting yes. back last year, a long time ago. Yeah. But <laughs> it was like, you that know, a maybe a year, a year and a half ago. Yeah, and you got all those really funny questions. Yeah, <laughs> I always I get funny questions. I remember <laughs> thinking, I don't think I could answer those questions if I were. <laughs> but, those are the most, those are my most favorite because people try to stump me. Mm -hmm. 
And and not that I'm not unstoppable by any means. I people could probably ask me some, you know, questions about, you know, uh, pieces of silverware that I might not know exactly where they go when, you know, they're on the table. Um, after you've said about 13 pieces or so, but people love to kind of give those to me and see how flexible I am um, as a speaker, and that's something I've kind of honed over the years is being flexible and using humor is the easiest way to diffuse those type of questions. Um, you know, having having a um, having a sense of humor is is it's the best thing you can do when you're um, in the public eye and thinking, you know, I'm not, I'm not the expert of the world. I'm expert of a little tiny bit of it. So. Yeah. That's well, you did a great job and I was so excited. I'll, I'll tell our audience how we know each other um, and more closely is we were both selected last year as quote local stars to do the dancing with the local stars um, at the oxygen ball, which was put on by the American Lung Association. So we trained for about, what, two months, a little over two months. Um, We perfected our dances, and you actually won fan favorite for your fabulous tango with um, Sean. I believe that was his name. Yeah, you and Sean. And um, and so anyways, I remember I I was like, I was so intimidated by you because I was like, I'm going to go over and like say the wrong thing and all this. And then when we did the showcase, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so laid back and cool. (laughs) I'm so normal. I think that's the one thing people don't normally um, believe that I'm going to be when they meet me is uh, normal (laughs) because I think they think every, I know every rule in the book and I'm going to make them feel bad. And one of the keys to manners um, and having really good manners is to never make the other person that you're with or the people that you're around feel inadequate or feel badly. You always want to make them feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so that in any situation, you need to work harder to make them feel more comfortable. And, um, you know, people who have poor manners, you can immediately tell if they're not comfortable in a situation, they're not trying to make anyone else comfortable. But if you think about um, the, the people that you like to be around the most, they're always the best host or hostess. They always, you know, have a great um, conversation and make you feel relaxed. And that's the key to kind of how I live um, and make other people feel comfortable around me. Nothing worse than than um, having someone be intimidated and then stay intimidated. Sure. Um, and that's I, I just can't imagine going through life without friends, and that's yeah. the easiest way to keep them away is not being nice. <laughs> it's to constantly say, are you sure you want to use that fork? <laughs> yeah, I would never do that. I have, I've got friends who are still intimidated to eat dinner with me, and, you know, I go and eat hamburgers with my hands, and I drink out of a straw, and I, I, I do all of those normal things, in the appropriate setting. Now, if you sat me down at a White House dinner, I would know exactly what to do as well. But you always have to know what to use in what sitting and make people around you feel as comfortable with it as you are. I've I've heard before that manners aren't supposed to be used as sort of a like a, a tool to, to make people feel badly about themselves. Like you were saying, it's not supposed to be like, you know, I'm better than you because I know, you know, how to you know, carry myself. It's supposed to make people feel comfortable because bad manners make people feel uncomfortable. You know, yep. when you when you see someone who's, when you're talking to them and they're kind of looking around trying to find someone better to talk to or, or something <laughs> like that, it's like, 
Yeah. Yes. Oh you can you can find someone with bad manners everywhere you turn. Um, but uh, what I always do is try to think about how that makes me feel and never make someone else feel that way. Uh, and some people, unfortunately, don't even recognize that they have poor manners, which <laughs> you can't really correct, um, but you can just kind of um, move on from it. And, yes, people who have poor manners really do make other people feel uncomfortable, and that's why it's so important to to be knowledgeable about these things. You don't have to, you know, tell everyone how smart you are or how educated you are about manners and etiquette, um, but just making sure that you're not making other people uncomfortable. And that could be anything from using your cell phone loudly in a store um, mm. to telling inappropriate jokes, or, you know, it, it it goes on and on and on. The amount of bad etiquette outweighs good etiquette mm-hmm. a lot these days just because I think people are so busy and wrapped up in their own lives that they don't think much about it. And it really is kind of a, I hate to say a lost art because I try to teach it um, to my students that it's something that they'll use every day. Um, but these days it's a lot easier to find someone with bad manners than good um, but the people who do have good manners kind of stand out above the others and make people understand, okay, that person has a little something special. Mm-hmm. And with the National League of Cotillions, that's what you try to impart on your students early. On yeah. I was reading on that you, you do everything from pre-K all the way up to the uh, the debutantes, and uh, I believe you, it was the first first year of college? Yes, yes. Okay. They, okay. Uh, I teach all the way from four-year-olds Mm-hmm. Uh, all the way to business executives and everyone mm-hmm. in between. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, and, and I'm sure that um, they learn a lot just from one session with you because I know I did. <laughs> oh, well, good. So. I'm glad. That's that's always what I hope is that people. I always tell my students. Well, I tell their parents more than them. I say, you know, I don't, I don't mind if my students don't remember exactly which fork to use. I, it's okay if they forget the steps to the waltz because we also teach our junior cotillion students how to um, do some social dances. Um, what I do care about is that they feel confident in social situations and that that stays with them for the rest of their life and that they, you know, if they don't know it, they'll at least go out and explore it and find out um, more about it. That's the most important part is the confidence that having knowledge builds. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, let's move on to the topic that I t- titled a graceful exit. Um, sure. sometimes, sometimes I go to an event and, you know, it, sometimes they're small, sometimes they're big, and I need to leave early yeah. um, because, you know, I have like something that morning, the next morning that I need to get home and prepare for or go to sleep for. And <laughs> what are some of the sort of maybe the protocol of leaving it seems like leaving a large event is a lot easier because no one really notices. But if it's sort of a small gathering, uh, what would be a, a well-mannered way to, to say, I have to leave? Well, the best way is if you know it in advance, um, well, you always want to go find the host or hostess of any event, whomever invited you to that event when you first arrive. Um, beelining it to the bar or food is not appropriate. <laughs> always want to scope out the room, find who invited you, go over, say thank you, make polite conversation. Don't take up too much of their time because they do have a lot of other guests 
there, but just make your presence known. Nothing worse than inviting, having a large party and inviting lots of people and not knowing exactly who came because they may have never come up and talked to you. Um, so if someone's spending the time and money to invite you to an event, say thank you at the beginning. If you know that you're not going to be able to make it the entire time, if you have somewhere else to go, let them know that at the beginning. That way they are kind of anticipating it. Um, and once you decide the time that you need to leave, you can. there's a couple of options. You can find the person. You know, they already know you're leaving, so you can just say a quick goodbye and thank them again for having you. If you find them and they're busy, um, but you can at least make eye contact, you can give them a quick wave, and, you know, that's that's a good way to just say thank you without actually having the words involved. They'll understand it. And then the other thing is if they're not, if you cannot find them, they're definitely not available or they're speaking or you know, you just can't see them, then it's okay to go ahead and make your exit. Um, be discreet. Nothing worse than someone who leaves a party loudly uh, <laughs> um, and makes that known. Um, just because people who have events like people to stick around for a little while and they don't want people to recognize that everyone's, you know, leaving in mass. So make sure at the beginning you say thank you. If you have to leave, let them know that and then just use your, um, you know, use the cues of the host or hostess to decide which way is for leaving is best. And that goes with, you know, an event with five people or an event with 500 people. Okay. Okay, some great advice there. And when you're at one of these events, what are some conversation do's and don'ts? What is, <laughs> what are, I mean, I'm sure there's just, you could list a ton of inappropriate things that you've even heard yeah. yourself <laughs> Yes, but, yes. But if you're at, say, a professional event, maybe where you're, you know, the chamber, you're networking there, versus like a, you know, a big Fourth of July party with your friends, those are, Absolutely. you know, two different situations. But you know, some rules of etiquette apply to both, I believe. I mean, you know, whether it's a, you know, a big Fourth of July party or, um, or a professional event. So, what could you tell us about that? Well, you have to always make sure that you realize that your your reputation and the maintenance of your reputation in any event is always on the forefront of your mind. And that may, to some people, seem like a whole lot of work. But if you do business and you live in a community, if you do something that's inappropriate or that other people deem as inappropriate, um, it will affect you in one way or the other. It could affect you socially or it could affect you professionally. So I have a general rule against when you're going to an event, some topics to talk to not talk about, and those are always politics, religion, and sex. You do Those do not need to be discussed until you know who you're with and that they are not going to be... Um, you're not going to hurt their feelings. You're not going to um, make them feel bad about um, what you're saying. They can't be the things can't be misinterpreted. You want to make sure that you keep your your discussions lighthearted. Nothing worse than walking into um, a, a fun social party and someone's talking about death. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're talking or my favorite is. Things. 
<laughs> or my favorite is people that like talk about everything that's wrong with them, like yes, physically yes. and otherwise. Hypochondriacs, yes. Don't yeah. be the hypochondriac, hypochondriac in the group. No one wants to know that you aren't feeling well. Um, and I don't mean you have to lie that you that you feel fantastic, but no need to you know say oh well I've had this headache for five days, and my foot hurts and my arm hurts. No one needs to know all of that. I mean if you're in a cast, people will probably guess that, but otherwise you don't need to kind of go on and on about it. Um, you really just want to make sure that you keep conversation so that you, the, the other person can add something to it. Nothing worse than someone also hogging up all of the air in the room and talking incessantly about themselves and not allowing someone else to interject. The best conversationalists and the best conversations are like a good tennis match. You um, you say something, the other person has something to add, and it goes back and forth um, casually but at a pace that someone's not standing there and getting distracted and starting to look around the room looking for someone else to talk to. Mm-hmm. That's really um, in, any, in any situation, social or professional. But I always want people to understand that when in a professional setting, you're not representing yourself alone. You are representing who you work for. You're representing your, um, your boss and your leadership. And what you say does have a direct correlation on them. So make sure that what you say is thought out. Um, if you have a tendency of, of, of saying inappropriate things, pause before you say them to, and run them through your head first to make sure that it's something that's not going to insult someone. Um, we all ha- have stuck our foot in our mouth at one part, point or another, but try not to make that a constant um, or I guarantee it will affect you professionally. Um, and socially it's the same thing. You can be a lot more casual you know, at a barbecue than you can at a networking event. But mm-hmm. you want to be yourself. Um, you, know, you don't want to stand there and, and be boring and only talk about business um, in a professional setting. That's people true. People want to know that about you. They want to know about you. And that's what really connects people is those, those personal details. And a lot of times people will bring their their work and professional lives into a per, uh, like a social situation where it's a sort of a personal barbecue or, or you know Fourth of July yeah. party or something, and it's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about your job and how you hate your boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we spend so much time at work that sometimes it's hard to get away from and and kind of decompress. But it is a necessity to have um, to be able to have a conversation about a hobby or. Um, something else that you enjoy doing, uh, yes, and talking about work all the time makes other people uncomfortable. Uh, anytime you go to work with or go to a social event where you have, have a lot of coworkers, the talk always turns to work. And anyone who is there who does not work with you, if it's your mm-hmm. spouse or a friend that you've brought along, they will get bored instantly because they do not have the same – um, perspective, and they'll think, oh, geez, now we're just going to talk about work. Let's move on. Um, so just be cognizant of that as well. You're absolutely right. Um, what about some written correspondence, like thank you cards? I think women are, have, a lot of women have perfected the art of thank you cards, whereas men do not. And I say this, <laughs> I say this from personal experience because my, I, have to, I have to actually address the cards for my husband. <laughs> 
and put them in his <laughs> office chair, put a stamp on it, and say, please write something. Yes, and, yes. Men and men by um, by and large, I won't say all men, um, have a problem with those little details. It doesn't mean that they're not thankful for whatever they received. They just don't have the emotional attachment to a thank you note that women do. Um, they may receive something and say thank you in person and think that is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there is nothing better than a written thank you note. Um, there's nothing tackier um, than an email, text, or voicemail thank you note. <laughs> so you absolutely write a thank you note. Once someone has done something for you that you that is very, very nice or they've given you something. And it doesn't it, – the thank you note itself does not have to be some long, drawn-out, um, handwritten um, page of paper. It can be on a nice note card um, – it with legible handwriting that just says thank you for whatever it was. I certainly appreciate it. Um, if it's something specific or um, that you want to add to what you're going to do with it or if it's something you're going to put in your home, you can elaborate on that. Um, and then you can sign it, you know, sincerely or love or whatever is appropriate for that situation and who, who it's actually going to. But I think thank you notes, um, people forget are expected by the older generation, and mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to be that generation. I'm afraid I, I when I don't receive a thank you note, I wonder. Well, most of the time, I think, oh, they didn't like whatever it was that I gave them, and that that is hurtful to anyone who gives a gift and is not ha, does not have some kind of thank you, um, even being a verbal thank you. It's hurtful because you spent time and money thinking about that person, going to the store, purchasing whatever it was, packaging it up, delivering it, and and really, you know, gifts and those type of gestures are, they do take up, you know, valuable time. And if they're not acknowledged, it can, it can um, hurt someone's feelings. So I think thank you notes are a very, very important part of our um, social structure and women to women, the thank you notes seem to come and be easy and it's no problem. Men to anyone, <laughs> it's a little bit more difficult. Um, sometimes uh, it just isn't going to happen at all, um, and and you just kind of have to give up that fight. My husband, I love him dearly, but just probably anything you know that he has written um he could count count on one hand um everything else i sign his name to mm-hmm. and he's perfectly okay with that um but timing wise even for thank you notes if you have been given something and you have the opportunity to write a thank you note within a day fantastic mm-hmm. but i always say at least try to write a thank you note within the month um, that may seem like a long time, but if it still gets to the person and they feel acknowledged by it, that really makes a difference. Um, there are That's those right. rules for weddings that they say there's a year when you get a gift. <laughs> that is absolutely not the case. I can't even imagine waiting a year to write a thank you note for someone who gave me a, a lovely gift um, 
for for a wedding. <laughs> sure, but so I know there, I've heard that too. Rules. I think that they say if they have a year to get you a present as well, like if someone, yeah. which yeah. may be okay, but a yeah. year for a thank you card, I mean, gosh, I kind of like to yeah. get them out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot could happen in a year these days, um, you know, I mean, and, and you forget, and you don't, you know, and, and a wedding is even, even bigger than maybe a birthday gift or something, um, because they're typically more expensive, so the person you know, had probably came to your wedding and that was an expense and, and purchased a gift and really put a lot of thought into it. And writing a thank you note, when it comes down to it, is a very small gesture that makes a very large impact. And um, sometimes that is forgotten, but it's it shouldn't be. And I, I even have uh, my four-year-old students at a very, very early age Teaching them thank you notes are important. Most of them cannot write at that at that age, but they can draw a lovely picture, and mm-hmm. that is that's very very important to even teach the children early on that things are not just given to them with you know no regard to having them say thank you. It's really really important um, for that gift to be acknowledged. Yeah, definitely. Um... And, um, yeah, even if I have to write it for my husband <laughs> and, and just sign his name, I know that it means a lot to, to his grandmother. <laughs> yeah, to, yes, because but, uh, they will get insulted, especially our elders get insulted if there is no thank you note. And mm-hmm. if it's ingrained in you from childhood as it was me, if I don't get a thank you note written, I feel terrible the next time I see that person and you feel like, oh, I, I, you just have to apologize for not sending a thank you note. And I would much rather not have that feeling yeah. um, and be able to just, you know, face whomever I, I see, you know, happily. Right, right. Well, it looks like we have maybe about 10 minutes left, so I thought we could move down to business and, audit, and office etiquette because I know that's sure. um, a big part of what you do is, is training one-on-one and um, training of a company, and you have quite a list here. I didn't read them all off, or but you have quite a list of organizations that you've spoken to um, about um, about etiquette, good manners, and I guess it's your corporate etiquette training program. So mm-hmm. some of the one of the things some, that I thought of were meals and, and alcohol and um, how your manners might differ from whether you know you go out to a restaurant with some friends. Versus your, you know, your boss and your colleagues. Absolutely, there is a there's a very very big difference. Um, you should always use good manners in any you know restaurant or dining situation, um, but it really gets important when you are with colleagues and with your boss or with potential clients. You want to make sure that you're not concentrating on the place setting. You want to make sure that. You already know these things beforehand and you're not thinking, which fork am I supposed to use? Or um, does my napkin have to stay in my lap the entire time? Or which glass is mine? Or which bread plate is mine? These are important things to learn. You can you know, learn them once, keep that knowledge tucked in your head, and then use it when you need to. Because having that skill in a professional setting does not – it doesn't really draw attention to you, but what it does do is not distract um, from the situation. If you have horrible table manners, 
the people around you are going to notice. And the mm-hmm. whole point of having manners is for no one to notice. Mm-hmm. You never want to be the um, worst-mannered person <laughs> at a table, but you can always be the best-mannered person at a table because then you can think about what you are there for. When you go on, when you're in a professional setting, um, especially a dining setting, you're there for another reason. You're either there to to talk about business, to possibly earn new business, um, to to keep business, and that's what you need to be concentrating on, not all of the logistics of a meal. And there are lots of resources for teaching that information. A, a quick search online would show you what the, what a place setting should look like. It's standard. It doesn't change. It doesn't matter if you're right-handed or left-handed. Um, it doesn't matter, um, you know, if you're on the East Coast or the West Coast. That's a standard um, place setting, and and it's not going to change. Now, the amount of, of things on the table very well may change. May change, But in today's world, that that's even pretty standardized. Um, if you're going to a five-course meal, when you sit down at the table, you will have more pieces of silverware. But the easiest thing to remember is always to go from the outside in and that your your um, your bread plate is always on the left hand side, or yes, on the left hand side, and that your that your glass, all of your glasses, are on the upper right hand side. Those are those are just very basic things to keep in mind when you're doing when you're at one of these um, dining experiences, and that's for personal stuff too. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to ordering and drinking and eating your meal. Um, they, you know, you you hear the rules. Um, order, uh, don't ever order the most expensive thing on the menu. Um, you know, you have to kind of gauge the situation. If you, if everyone else is ordering, you know, um, a hamburger and you order lobster, probably going to draw attention to yourself. Um, and if you're not the boss and you're not picking up the check, don't draw that kind of attention <laughs> to yourself. Right. Um, make sure that you are your your behavior is consistent with the other people's behavior there. That being said, if their behavior is bad, you do not need to join in. Um, you can easily just kind of deflect that sort of behavior and hope that the night ends quickly. Um, as far as alcohol goes, I a little bit of alcohol is absolutely fine if the person. Um, who is hosting you at this meal if it's your boss and they order a, a bottle of wine and um you know the server comes and and sets a glass in front of you you do not need to tell them to take it away or that you don't care for any what happens is they'll go around the table of serving it what you need to do is make eye contact with that server and just say no thank you and they'll keep moving do not draw attention to yourself if the glass is already being filled, let it be filled. You do not need to drink it. No one's going to notice if you are or you are not drinking. If they do draw attention to you, that's poor manners. <laughs> and they shouldn't do that. Um, we all have our own um, reasons for not drinking if you are not doing so. And that's not really anyone else's business. You don't need to tell people why you're not drinking. You don't need to explain to them anything. It's right. really... Because people have can have, that. that's true, and it would be bad yes. manners because they might already Absolutely. feel uncomfortable, and a lot of people are on medications or, 
you know, just various things. Yeah. <laughs> and you just you don't want to have to make them say that they're on medication absolutely. or Absolutely. Absolutely because that just brings a whole nother um uh feeling to the table that may make might make other people uncomfortable. Um so I, and, and I always say you're at a um keep your alcohol alcohol in moderation. And there's mm-hmm. a big difference between your office uh, Christmas party or office holiday party and your college kegger. <laughs> it's not the same thing. It's not the same people. You are you are representing someone other than yourself in a professional setting, and you always have to remember that there's someone above you, and that person really, um, A, they sign your paycheck, and B, they have control over your future in that industry. And you don't want to make that. You don't want to make one silly mistake by over imbibing at a, you know, what at a dinner um, to really affect that. You put way too much work in to have a, a bad mistake really affect your livelihood um, and your life. And so it's it's a good good kind of tip to just if you have a glass of wine or a beverage. Draw the line. Um, if everyone else is, you know, if they decide to do a round of shots, you do not need to participate. Okay. Um, sometimes, sometimes alcohol is the common denominator, you know, among a group of people. You can still have conversation without having to drink too much, and at least you will remember what you discussed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, as we finish up here, is there anything you'd like to add just in general about anything you, we've talked about or even not talked about? Um, I, I think we talked a lot about just principles of, of having good manners and remembering that um, there are always people around you. And and making them feel comfortable is paramount to good manners. Um, making someone uncomfortable around you is the worst thing that you can do. Um, and if you're in a situation that you don't feel comfortable in, leave. Um, there's, you know, we're not, we don't have to be anywhere these days, and you you don't have to um, make other people feel bad if they're doing something that you don't approve of. And I think that that's, um, you know, from everywhere from the grocery store to your office life, uh, the best manners are those that you use and. Um, you don't have to go around judging others on them. Just know that you have um, the confidence to be in any situation and feel good about yourself. And do you want to plug your new column? I think I read on Facebook you're oh. going to be writing a new column. So feel free yes. to plug it if yes. you like. My um, column in the Tallahassee Democrat debuts on Sunday, the 4th of July. Yay. And it will be published every Sunday. And... Um, the it came out of me speaking at it for a group of retail professionals who were not from the south and mm. i said you all need a handbook for what it's like to live here in the south because the rules are to, you know um different than they are in the north and so um the i do it from the perspective of a modern southern belle I am a professional working woman myself, um, but I do have that base of um, a southern young lady's <laughs> perspective right. on manners, and I try to try to pair the two. Yeah, so but I'm sorry, my show's getting ready to wind down. I've got about a minute left. Okay. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to be sure that you um, got to mention your column, and thank you so, so much for joining me today. 
and, and, and sharing all this great information with my listeners and with me. I've learned a lot, and I really appreciate your taking the time. You, you're great for doing that. Thank so you. You're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Molly, and I, I hope to see you soon. Thank you. Okay, goodbye. Bye-bye. All right, well, this is Beth Anderson with the Success Design, and for this Wednesday, June 30th, I am signing off. I will be online next week, July 7th, uh, which is a Wednesday, and I hope to see you then. Thank you. Bye.